Welcome to the ASHP official podcast, your guide to issues related to medication use, public health, and the profession of pharmacy. Thank you for joining us for ASHP's Practice Journeys podcast. This podcast invites members to share their stories about their professional path, lessons learned, and how their experiences shaped who and where they are today. My name is Alex Shintiai, and today we'll be chatting with Pierre Tontis about how to successfully navigate the Industry PharmD Fellowship application process. Thanks for joining us today. So, Peter, tell me a little about yourself and your current position. Will do. Well, thank you for having me. Uh, before I start going, I just wanted to let you guys know that the views and opinions that are expressed in the podcast are of my own and are not affiliated in any way with the views of Santa Fe or any of my other affiliations. But um, to tell you a little bit, about myself, my name is Peter Tonsitz. I'm a second year fellow with Santa Fe in conjunction with Rutgers. I'm a PharmD by training and went to the University of Colorado Skag School of Pharmacy and Pharmaceutical Sciences. We're also the champions of having the longest pharmacy school name. Most of my pharmacy experience is in the retail sector and hospital sector prior to doing an industry fellowship. And then I guess on a personal side, I was born and raised in Colorado, so naturally I enjoy fitness and doing mountain activities in my free time. That's a quite expansive career. And speaking about expansive, the industry field, obviously to students, is very overwhelmed. And trying to navigate through and tell us a little bit about what's it about and kind of the day-to-day. I think most students are curious about that. So what is a daily life for an industry fellow and also afterwards? Yeah, so for the day-to-day basis for a fellow, it's pretty different and it really depends on what functional area you're in. For me, um, sometimes I'm in meetings, sometimes I'm working on projects, um, sometimes I'm discussing with external stakeholders, and sometimes I'm traveling. So it's really variable depending on where you catch me in the week or time of year. And it's just, it's really nice to be a part of a a situation where the environment is just constantly changing. I know that was something that really drew me to fellowships compared to going into retail or the clinical side of things. And I mentioned a lot of things about changing. So when you're doing your work or your projects, how much of it is typically independent or how much maybe is team-based? Yeah, so for independent versus team-based, I would say it's a combo. Sometimes I'm working with a team Sometimes I'm working with one other individual, and then sometimes I'm also working independently on the project. It really depends on what we're doing. And in addition to that, uh, sometimes we're bringing in different functional areas. So it could be uh, my team and then just a completely different area, depending on what the project is. So it's really project specific on who and what you're working with. And you did mention other functional areas. If you can kind of quickly elaborate, what are those type of functional areas that maybe you interact with and what's that kind of activity like? Yeah, so for the different functional areas, there's quite a bit. Just to name a few, there's medical affairs, which I'm currently in, and then you've got regulatory affairs, clinical development, consumer, commercial, uh, pharmacovigilance, medical information, market access. So just to name a few, and you can also just Google them too, but there's quite a few. So there's really something for, for everyone, depending on what you're looking for. Excellent. And just kind of give a background that that setting. People are always wondering, well, when I start a fellowship, do I work at a school? What's the city like? And you kind of give some details about, you know, what the company looks like from the outside, but also on the inside. 
Yeah. So again, it's going to be kind of company specific and fellowship specific. So a majority of the, the fellowships are located on the coast. So East coast, West coast. Uh, my home office is in Swiftwater, Pennsylvania, which I'm sure a majority of people have never heard of. It's in East Pennsylvania, just a little small town, pretty much Santa Fe is really the only thing that's, that's there. Um, the nature of my position though is hybrid. So I spend a lot of my time just in my bedroom working virtually, but we do a lot of traveling as well. So I've been to quite a few places throughout my, my fellowship, but I would say most of my fellow counterparts are more in the New Jersey area and they go into office sometimes and sometimes they're working from home. Absolutely. That's a great perspective to bring in. You know, I mentioned the hybrid where a lot of companies these days, they might come in physically for a few days, but they might be working independently virtually for a few days. As you mentioned, the areas, it's not just Jersey, Boston, but things like Pennsylvania. And a lot of them are also in California, maybe the Palo Alto area, San Fran. In terms of traveling, um, how do you travel? Like, is it towards a conference? Is it to meet with other clinicians, key opinion leaders? What does that entail? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. So it's really all of those things. For my fellowship, I actually wrote this down just to make sure I didn't forget anything. But during the fellowship, I've traveled to Boston, Rhode Island, New York, New Jersey, Philadelphia, New Orleans, St. Louis, Las Vegas, Anaheim, and Washington, D.C. So quite a few different places. And when I went to those places, um, some of them I'm doing conferences and working booths and talking about disease state. Some of them I'm going to do presentations. And then others, we have uh, company meetings where we're just meeting with internal colleagues to discuss uh, strategy and what's going on with the company. So really a variety of things when you're on the field side of things. That's amazing. And I think a lot of students at this point are probably be sold. But I think what they typically usually ask me is, well, where or how should I get started? So now that kind of we have the back end, let's start from the beginning. Could you describe the application process for maybe an industry fellowship? Yeah. So it's it's kind of similar to the residency process, if you're familiar with that, but it is a little different. One of the big differences is there isn't one organization that runs everything and you kind of apply through like how it works with ASHP and residencies. With fellowships, it's more of a, it goes on a specific company basis and uh, how they want to run things. So it can be a little different depending on how they, they want to go about it. Additionally, when COVID-19 wasn't a thing, uh, it used to be that everyone would show up at mid-year and that's where you would do many of your preliminary interviews. And if you made it to the final round, that's when they'd invite you to do an on-site interview or do something in person. Uh, I interviewed the year after that. So once COVID was in full force, so my situation was completely virtual. I did every single one of my interviews um, from home. And now we're in a landscape where it's a hybrid of the two. You probably are going to do quite a bit of uh, online interviews. And then likely your final round interviews will be back to that on-site or in-person at ASHP. That's very interesting. Yeah, you can see how COVID definitely changed the landscape a lot. And typically what we see is you have the interview process where some can be virtual and then some might actually end up being in person. I've noticed that some companies actually want final interviews at their own companies and they'll fly you in. 
Other times, of course, there's the Bayview Regional Conference, very large, where many industry companies come to meet for final interviews. But of course, to get to that final stage, you got to start out with an interview. So how would you say, what's the timeline to begin the process? Is it start researching in the summer or does it even start sooner? Yeah, so during your P4 year is when you'll begin submitting applications and that usually occurs in September. And then you'll start interviewing all the way up to mid-year, which is in December. As far as being like the research that you should do beforehand, really the earlier you start, the better. So research the functional areas, the different fellowships, learns what, learn what is needed. Um, and then for me, I felt like I was doing catch-up. Like I didn't learn about industry until my P3 year, and I was still weighing options well into my, my fourth year. So the earlier you can start, the better. But if you're listening to this late and you're worried that you're behind, I was in the same boat as you. So it's never too late to start. Yeah, and there's always beautiful stories that end up coming about. But again, going to the application process, what is included? Let's say if a student wants to start the application process, what things will they have to have to prepare? Yeah, so generally it's a letter of intent, a CV, and then two to three letters of recommendation. Usually those can be sent later. They don't require them up front. So just to interview, you just need that letter of intent and CV for most programs. The CV is an important process. They tell you that's basically the story or the picture of your entire pharmacy career. So looking about how it should structure, what do you recommend when someone's creating a CV specifically for industry, maybe as opposed to other programs or other residency? So disclaimer, I'm not a CV expert by any means. I had a lot of help. I went to uh, school resources and had them workshop it. So I, that's my first advice is definitely talk to people and people that work in industry and see what they think. But whenever I'm asked what I recommend, I usually stick to three things. Uh, the first thing would be if you have specific industry experience, make a section for it and push it to the top. I personally did not have any ex industry experience and I know many other fellows that also did it. So don't worry if, if you don't have that. Uh, when I did go into my school advisor, they were looking at my CV and my certifications were at the top. And they told me, they're like, that no one in industry needs to know that you're CPR certified. So please put that at the bottom. And I think that's just a good rule of thumb across the board to make sure that anything that is just really not important, push it to the bottom of your CV and bring up all the stuff to the top that is important and really highlights you because they're going to do a lot of interviews and sometimes they might not read your whole CV and really all you get is one page to sell yourself on it. So that would be my first point. Second point, if you do have any leadership, research, work and presentation experience, those are all nice things to show and highlight on your CV as those are usually important things. Again, if you don't have all four of those, that's okay. For me, I didn't have a ton of presentation experience and I still landed in a position that you spend a year as an MSL, which present presentations are a huge component of that. So don't stress if you don't have all these experiences. Um, just uh, do the best you can to highlight those experiences if you do have them. And then the final point I have for people is, and this is good advice for just indus or industry or residencies, make sure it's clean. There's no grammar errors. It has nice formatting, and it's just easy to read and understand. Those are some excellent points. I mean, you should definitely have it polished up. 
Another small concern that some students have is unfortunately they might not have the opportunity to get an industry appy or maybe an industry internship as those can be hard to find or maybe requires traveling. What kind of, how could you calm the waters if people have those sort of fears? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, I, I personally, I was trying to get an industry fellowship during my fourth year. They were both competitive uh, rotations and I was unable to get either one. So I was in that boat of trying to figure out what to do if I wanted to apply for industry fellowships. And the best advice I got was uh, look for stuff that's unique that will be interesting to talk about during interviews. And when you're doing your rotations, there's a lot of industry-like things that you can do or be a part of on that rotation and really seek those out. So I just said that presentations are a good thing to show. So if you're at a uh, clinical rotation, make sure you're asking your, your preceptor if you can do presentations and then you'd be able to leverage those later on interviews. So when I was in my interview process, I did a rotation at ASHP and I used that for a lot of those questions of relating my experiences at ASHP to the industry sector. Yeah, that's great. I really appreciate you sharing. I feel like the trademark lesson is there's no real singular path. You know, there are so many stories, so many resumes, so many curriculum vitae that started and finished unique ways. So it's really about the journey you want to present yourself. And kind of bringing it around back, you mentioned the CVs, those are important, the recommendation letters. One thing I really liked how you highlighted was talking to other resources, whether that's advisors or maybe other industry leaders or people, maybe faculty, have them look over your CV, have them look over your letter of intent, make sure it's perfectly polished up. I think that's a key mistake people don't realize and people need time to look over them. Um, so there's a lot of great points. And just kind of considering, I know this is just individual and your own perspective, but what resources in total did you use to prepare for both the application process and interviews? Yeah, so for resources, I mostly was using brochures. The Each fellowship makes a brochure and also LinkedIn, you'll see a lot of brochures listed there as well. Those are great ways to learn about the company, the current fellows, the preceptors, what the position entails. So that's a great place to start and also lead you down different paths if you want to learn more about something and like go check out the company website. The things I wish I used more now that I am on this side of things is a lot of companies do webinars. And this year, my position is recruiting through Santa Fe and Wilkes University. We did three webinars this year, and it was really fun for us to meet prospective candidates, do Q&As, and explain the program in more depth. It also gave the candidates chances to get to meet us, learn more about the program, and then when they submit their applications, we're able to know exactly who they are and put a face to a name. So I would definitely try to attend uh, webinars in the, for people that are going to be applying in the future. That's wonderful. I think the important part there is structure. Make sure you're outlining deadlines. Make sure you're following up on those emails or the LinkedIn messages that are posting when these opportunities arrive. You definitely don't want to miss out on them. I think overall, we have time for one more question. And I know this is kind of a softball, but what advice in general would you have for a pharmacy student who might be interested in pursuing 
an industry fellowship. Sure. Yeah, I have probably lots of things that I could say, and I kind of hate myself for picking this one because it's very cheesy to close the podcast, but just be yourself. I interviewed with a lot of fellowships, and there were quite a few that my interests or personality not mesh with the company or preceptors that I was interviewing with. And to be quite frank, I would have hated being there for two years. So just be yourself. The fellowships will appreciate that. And it gives you a better chance of finding a perfect fit for yourself. As soon as I met Catherine, who was the current fellow at the time, and then Tank and Corey, who were the the preceptors for the program in my second round interview, um, I was absolutely hooked on the position. And by the end of the process, I was going to be absolutely devastated if they didn't select me because that's how passionate and um, solidified I was in that that was the perfect position for me. So I guess to sum that up, be yourself, look for a position that you'll enjoy showing up to work every day because two years is quite a long time to go through something that you're unhappy with. So I'll end with that for, for the advice portion. Yeah, that's a beautiful sentiment. I think really just be authentic, be your genuine self and put your best foot forward. Thank you. I really appreciate your time, Peter. I want to ask, is there anything else you wanted to share last minute? Yeah. So I just want to say again, thank you so much for having me. I was awesome being here. I did mention that I did a ASHP rotation and that they did not tell me to say this. So I just want to say that, but uh, doing my ASHP app rotation here was awesome. And I used it so much during my interview process. So if you're a P3 or earlier than that, you're looking for prospective rotations, I would definitely consider looking at this, even if it's maybe not something that you're you're interested in at the moment. But I really enjoyed my time at ASHP, and it was really fun to be back and uh, chat with you guys for this interview. Awesome. Sounds outstanding. Well, that's all the time we have today. And I want to thank Peter for joining us today and sharing his story. You can join us here at ASHP Official and the Practice Journey podcast as we learn about how our members seek out, grow, and evolve during their careers. Thank you for listening to ASHP Official, the voice of pharmacists advancing healthcare. Be sure to visit ashp.org forward slash podcast to discover more great episodes, access show notes, and download the episode transcript. If you loved the episode and want to hear more, be sure to subscribe, rate, or leave a review. Join us next time on ASHP Official.